Del Cinema, the show that talks about some of comedy's most important or notable comedy feature films. We talk about what made them noteworthy, if they're any good, any legacy they had, and so on. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Wold. I'm your other host, Emily Walborn. And what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about, hey, that movie where the good guys are in black suits. That's right, the men in black. When was Independence Day? Just a year before this, okay. 96. Well, also, I mean, we'll talk about what other movies came out in 97, mm-hmm. the year of my birth. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, I feel like, you know, also the popularity of this, obviously, Will Smith, who has, you know, pretty much a chokehold on, on box office around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, of course, Tommy Lee Jones, very mm-hmm. notable star. Tommy Lee Jones, who was coming off a six-year run on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Exactly. You know, and a funny, funny thing is that um, Tommy Lee Jones actually wrote a song, Men in Black, that mm-hmm. plays during the credits. Mm-hmm. Multi-talented, that man. <laughs> it's a shame he let his frustrations, you know, get the best of him at the Oscars last year, but... That moment when Tommy Lee Jones slaps Chris Rock is really one one to go down in history. Okay, not even being silly anymore, but but both Agents <laughs> J and K do have notable Oscar reactions. What did Tommy Lee Jones do? Well, he was just notably um, not reacting to any jokes. I think it was the year of the Lincoln ceremony. Mm. He was nominated, so he sat pretty close to the front, and he would just sit there with his arms folded. Just not laughing, and they would constantly cut to him in the audience, which feels foolish because he does—he's not a very emotive man. Well, did he do it just to on purpose? Like, was he in character? Or no, he just—he wasn't like in character. It. I just he think just he wasn't have a good time. I think he wasn't—he um, ha- wasn't having a good time. He notoriously on the set of Batman Forever with Jim Carrey um, told Jim Carrey, "I will not sanction your buffoonery." <laughs> so he must have had a lot of fun with Will Smith on this movie then. Apparently he did. Um and he was upset that they wouldn't let him be silly in this one. <laughs> so complicated How interesting. man. Interesting. Um what are some of the ninety seven comedies? Well in ninety seven, you know, Murray and Tim Allen were notable as other, you know, kind of big mm-hmm. comedy stars. So Murray, the man who knew too little. I only assume is a riff on Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. Man Who Knew Too Much. Mm-hmm. You'd be correct. Uh, we got, you know, Full Monty, Good Burger, Austin Powers. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, baby. Um, uh, the first one. The first one. Well, there you go. My Best Friend's Wedding, Jungle to Jungle, of course, with Tim Allen. Yeah. And The Borrowers, which Never heard of I it. made my list a while ago, so I don't remember what that movie is but it was notable so i wrote it down um as well as one of our faves mm-hmm. romy and michelle mm-hmm. of course romy and romy and michelle's a great one we've also got home alone three mm-hmm. um beverly hills ninja which i believe was chris farley's last mm. movie i think um pretty high concept era a lot of trash <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely high concepts. They're go- they're trying to to hook you with the premise, which is why I think this movie stands out a bit because it is based on a Marvel comic. So mm-hmm. y- you know, it even if it doesn't necessarily have recognizable IP, you know, Marvel isn't quite the thing mm-hmm. that it is. Yeah. Now, you know, they aren't going to brand it as a... I don't think they brand it as a Marvel movie No. Well, I believe it was from a comic imprint that was bought out by Marvel. Mm. So I don't oh, that know sense. that it was originally Marvel. Or, anyway. And then when it was, it wasn't... I don't think they wanted to brand it that sure. way, even as a comic. But regardless of, you know, branding mm-hmm. as a comic or not, there is... It kind of gives it a different element of, of concept than, say, mm-hmm. like, okay... We have Tim Allen, and mm-hmm. it's some kind of jungle to jungle thing. I'm not really sure what the concept of that movie is. I just know the I've poster. He has the arrow, the arrow his through his head, and I assume he's probably like a lawyer that ends up in the jungle or something. You know, it's like it's got something to do with this kid. Yeah, I saw okay. that with my cousins when <laughs> I, I well I watched it with them when sure. I was like four. So yeah. on a little, I don't remember it very well. Um, fair enough. But, you know, it's like those wackier concepts um, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see, we'll do the star and it'll be kind of a wacky situation there. And whereas this comedy, obviously, it's more action, sci-fi concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit different flavor of comedy than what we're getting in 97. Would you agree? Uh, I would agree. It's interesting that John Landis turned this movie down because mm-hmm. um and quentin tarantino yes um but w- with with landis it, it's odd because he claims it's basically blues brothers hmm. was his reason for turning turning it down which and he did blues brothers I yeah assume. which i have not seen blues brothers but i don't think there are that many aliens um <laughs> i don't in... think there are any <laughs> no. am i wrong but no, i thought I don't it was think there i thought they were blues musicians aren't they white jazz guys yeah yeah so he doesn't want to do any movie where there's two people maybe it was the buddy comedy angle of it yeah i don't know we'll get into it when we talk about the comedy of this movie Mm -hmm. i wouldn't necessarily call this a but well i guess it is kind of a buddy comedy in its own way i think that's kind of the only one of the only ways it can can be classified as a comedy yeah i guess maybe you're right the you know, the dichotomy between the two. Yeah, all right. I guess so. I just... She's com- convinced I'm, everybody. <laughs> you convinced me. <laughs> I guess I just took issue with the, the comedy label yeah. of it, but we'll talk Certainly about that. Certainly fewer jokes than I was expecting yeah. um, on this rewatch. Um, anyway, also, comedies are important, you know, of the year, but also this is coming in the wake of other 90s blockbusters Mm -hmm. jurassic park was just a few years earlier Mm -hmm. the jurassic park sequel is this year um independence day was just the year before Mm -hmm. got things like twisters somewhere around here Mm -hmm. um so this is kind of a fusion of comedy and super high concept um clearly marketable pitch like jurassic park Mm -hmm. um Matrix is just a couple years after this, which probably wouldn't have happened if Keanu had accepted the part of Agent J. Really? Well, he was offered this role, and I feel Mm, like that part would maybe be a little too similar. 
to to, to Neo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Neo, if you can believe it, knows even less than Agent J. Mm. Hmm. Anyway, we don't need to tell everyone the whole st- story, but um, do you want to tell people a little bit of what Men in Black is about? Oh, God. Okay. Let's see if she can remember. Um, so there's Will Smith. He's a cop in New York mm-hmm. uh, and he is chasing down okay I forgot the whole beginning part that's okay we we can go more big picture too okay okay I'm gonna keep going okay. Will Smith he's a cop in New York he's chasing down this guy the guy he's slippery turns out he's an alien uh, Will Smith tries to explain this to his his cop colleagues a cab and he's mm-hmm. and they don't believe him um but uh tommy lee jones shows up and he says you know he knows what will smith's talking about because in fact he's in a super secret government division that deals only with aliens uh you know there's this other alien you know that we're kind of seeing going around farmlands in new york and he's crawled into the skin of this farmer guy uh, and he's just kind of flopping around New York trying to get something. He kills some people that end up being aliens. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones convinces Will Smith to join the uh, the Men in Black, as they're called. MIB? MIB. Uh, and he can't... One of the conditions is he can't have any contact with his previous life. He'll be completely erased from the world. Um he says all right you know Mm -hmm. we get that pivotal scene where he sits on a bench by himself and then the next scene he agrees to completely erase himself from the (laughs) world um so we got a lot of character insight there um (laughs) and then you know they're just kind of tracking down this this alien and they uh you know kind of run into hijinks along the way i'd say Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and they get him. And there's this whole thing with this this galaxy necklace that has a galaxy inside it, and it has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. This other alien uh, group is coming to the to Earth to get that, and if they don't, they're going to blow up the Earth. So you know, there's a ticking clock on their escapades, and they they do it in the end. And they they do just fine. In fact, and Tommy Lee Jones says, actually, kid, I'm retiring. He doesn't say that exactly, but that's pretty much, he's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm retiring. Um, and Will Smith's like, what? No. And that's about, uh, that's about it, I'd say. Well, and well, in the end, then this lady that was a coroner and Will Smith <laughs> flirts with, she becomes his new partner. So there's that as well. There is that. There is that, and then she's not in the sequel, even though it's clearly <laughs> set, set up, up to be her and him. Those two, but. but I think that about covers it. Is that I feel like a lot of people have probably seen Men in Black. Yes. So. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, the main antagonist is the bug, mm-hmm. um, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who he does a good job of being a, a scary alien in a skin suit. Yeah, I mean, that dude's got got crazy credits um mm-hmm. all over the place 
Uh, but we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. But I feel like he's probably the main one of the, also the one of the main reasons you can call this movie a comedy is specifically yeah. because of the performance he's giving as the villain. Um, but development wise, this movie was was kicking around. Um, it was being developed by producers and spouses, Walter Parks and Laurie McDonald for like five years. They're pretty big producers. Um, Walter Parks, I was looking at, he's got a weird career. He's got three Oscar nominations. One as a producer for uh, Awakenings. One for a documentary he directed. Mm-hmm. And one for writing the script to the to the movie War Games. Hmm. Which I'm shocked got a, a nomination and makes me want to watch it. Is that... <laughs> It's just a movie about Matthew Broderick being a teenager mm-hmm. who gets a computer game and it and I think like it sets off like international like space, you know, like space things. Space stuff that he's doing from his computer. Interesting. Um but they were trying to make it as we mentioned, they they pitch it to Tarantino to direct as well as uh Landis uh, Sonnenfeld, Barry Sonnenfeld, who ends up directing it, turned it down because he was, at the time, directing the far superior Get Shorty, <laughs> um, which is a good movie, but not as good as the TV show uh, that it spawned. Um, yeah, written by Ed Solomon, a man with a lot of good credits and a lot of bad credits, you know, kind working, of... Working kind writer. Of, yeah, the yeah, Ultimate Hollywood screenwriter. He wrote Now You See Me, mm. um, but also wrote the Bill and Ted movies, which I think balance sci-fi and comedy and characters like a million times better than than this movie, um, which which I like fine, but it's very odd how different they are. Mm-hmm. Um, visual effects were done by ILM, Mr. George Lucas's. This is our second... Yeah. Second movie blockbuster in a row that has uh, ILM attached for for the graphics and things. Yeah, they were effects. they were huge. I, I wonder if they still do that much or if they're more historical now. Um, anyway, no. The other big technical credits worth mentioning: production design was by Bo Welch, um, who got has a bunch of noms. He's pretty pretty legendary as a production designer has i believe one directing credit which is the mike myers cat in the hat <laughs> not a good movie but but it no. looks pretty good it actually know? looks like i mean well i mean the sets are very sets are yeah yeah because that's bo welch the cat in the hat kind of scared me as a kid like just the way he looked the cat yeah yeah i don't know how to describe it it's almost too too cat-like. Yeah. It's not... It's kind of like... It's almost like Cats Cats. Mm. You know, the recent musical movie, mm-hmm. Cats. Yeah. But it's not quite as scary as that. Because mm-hmm. he still has, like, fur and stuff. Yeah. But I think because his face is white and not like a cat, it's weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Like, it works as a cartoon in a book, but mm-hmm. the movie's kind of scary. Yeah, there were a lot of things about that movie that didn't really work, I think. 
Yeah. Um, to be honest. Also notable here, Rick Baker uh, did the makeup. He's kind of the king of um, of prosthetic makeup, creature mm. design, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he says this was the hardest he ever had to work on a movie because he would deal with like Barry Sonnenfeld liking the top of an alien and Spielberg liking the bottom of an alien and people mm-hmm. would say like, okay, combine them. Mm-hmm. Um, Spielberg, we should mention, was yeah, a, an executive a, producer. A producer on the movie. Yeah. Um, probably why ILM also did this one. Probably. Similar to Back to the Future. Um, yeah, you know. Let's, uh... Well, we can talk a little bit about the ending. They changed a lot of that in in post-production, I believe, oh, really? because they didn't really like what they had shot, which was a kind of existential conversation about between, I think, Agent J and the bug. Hmm. But it wasn't as exciting of an ending, and so they sounds like they restructured a lot of things, mm-hmm. a lot of the external uh, aliens that were coming to destroy the Earth were... A lot of their stuff was added through the two aliens at the control desk, uh, and they kind of uh, restructured some things there and and made that plot a bit clearer with the galaxy thing yep. and explaining all that was was done mostly after they had filmed. Yeah, an early example of a of a movie sort of being figured out after they'd already shot it, mm-hmm. blockbuster wise. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, it works, you know, because the aliens speak, or are not speaking English, so you can really mm-hmm. dub whatever you Both want on. You can just caption whatever you like over that. It's true. So, yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, broadly speaking, what do you think? I had never seen this movie. At least I don't think I have. It's possible I maybe saw it on TV as a kid or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure I've never seen it. Um, none of it seemed very familiar to me, and yet it all seemed very familiar. If you know what I mean, yeah, like you kind probably of got culturally, yeah, very uh, feels very familiar. Like now that I've seen it, I feel like I've watched it at least five times, but <laughs> I know I've only seen it once. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised. I think I was expecting it to be more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, than an action sci-fi movie, but it was much heavier on the action and sci-fi than the mm-hmm. comedy. Um, I think maybe that's just because I don't know if you if you'd agree with this, but it does feel like a first step in the action comedy blockbuster. So it's not, you mm-hmm. know, we don't have yet the the alien that's part of their team that's a wisecracking and sarcastic. Yeah, the but, merch. Yeah, yeah. you know, that we would have in uh, Star Wars or, you know, in Marvel Mm -hmm. or any big blockbuster now would have some little creature that would be pretty sarcastic Mm -hmm. and making jokes all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like we, this is definitely like a first step towards a lot of those things Mm -hmm. because it did have so many merch tie-ins and Mm -hmm. um, video games and everything that that it spawned but it doesn't feel like it's geared towards that just yet like it feels maybe a little bit but it doesn't feel like we're making this character so we could make the toy version of this or the funko pop version of this and sell them 
Yeah, no, and that's not not to say it's necessarily a pure cinematic no, no. expression, but it's almost more like a um, the movie is still seen as the final product. Mm-hmm. So you want to just give people enough things that are cool for them to look at, like mm-hmm. the off the Men in Black offices are a pretty iconic design. Mm-hmm. The pretty much all white space uh, that somehow still looks pretty unique. There's a lot of things like that where it feels like the movie is sort of the candy, but they're not necessarily trying to lead you mm-hmm. somewhere afterwards the way they would be. Today. Right, right. But I mean, you know, the performances were very good. Like Tommy Lee Jones, even though he was mad, he couldn't be silly. It was very funny and mm. as a, you know, a good straight man. And Will Smith, obviously, he's got that movie star charm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the other alien, he's the alien bug guy. He's scary. He's pretty goofy, pretty broad character, acting, flopping around, going, rah, rah. Yeah. He it took like six hours in the makeup chair in total to make him every look, day. Look saggy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can imagine that wouldn't be fun. No. Um, what did you think? Yeah. Overall, I like it. It's one of those things where I knew I had seen it before, but I wonder if it's only from watching it in chunks on HBO mm-hmm. as a kid, because every single scene is familiar. Yeah. But I don't know how often I would have sat down to watch it mm-hmm. i well, i've seen this one and the third one and the, the, new one. the new one i haven't seen men in black too um you're not a true fan then i guess not um but yeah I, I like it fine but it certainly was less overly comedic than i expected i think it holds together as a, a fun and really quick blockbuster it's less than 100 minutes which i think is pretty <laughs> pretty neat not that that's a selling point by itself but some people it is <laughs> certainly uh, nowadays when blockbusters have to be three hours long it's true um yeah i i like that it's a little retro future um it, but it's mm-hmm. more really i think it's kind of uh i like the neuralizer i i like the offices i like the way the aliens look Mm-hmm. It's a lot of pieces rather than the movie as a whole because um, it is a buddy comedy where we're sort of relying on the back and forth between these two, but as you were alluding to earlier, there's not a lot of character info on these people, which no. is intentional, it's but intentional also... in a way that confused me, and I, I'm sorry to the, the fans, but... Like, I think that can definitely work, but it's, I'd almost, then I'd maybe almost prefer to get dropped in, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Rather than uh, a fish out of water, new guy shows us through his eyes, we see this world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd almost rather be dropped in if I'm not going to get any information and then be like, oh, that's the thing. Okay. But it's kind of hard to make the jump from Will Smith is is a cop. He seems to do, you know, well, I guess, mm-hmm. as a cop, take, you know, kind of dicks around at the Men in Black test. Mm-hmm. Gets and those to- parts are, are pretty those, funny. Those parts are pretty funny. Gets told he has to, if he wants to join, erase himself from the world 
we have no idea if he like losing his family and friends mm-hmm. would be a big deal or not. We just see him sitting on a park bench, and then he's like, "Hell yeah, let's do this!" Yeah. Rolls in yeah. the next day. It's just kind of it's a I think because the stakes of that are so great mm-hmm. to be completely cut off and erased from the whole mm-hmm. from the entire world. Those are really big stakes, but then to just not see anything of how he gets to that point so quickly was weird. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a confusing choice, and it sort of goes to what makes it a little more challenging as as a buddy comedy, which is kind of you need for the most part you need clearly defined types for a back and forth to work really well Mm -hmm. um but more than that you need the characters too it can't just be the types here i think it it passes because you have the basic character archetypes and you have the actors Mm -hmm. being famous for playing that type a lot so it's almost like it's almost like you could assume that the life they're leaving behind is just like will will smith leaving being Will Smith or Tommy Lee right, Jones being, which is weird. Yeah. Well, what's what's strange is that what we know about Will Smith is that he's a cop mm-hmm. and lives in New York. What we know about Tommy Lee Jones is that he has a wife who thinks her husband's still in a coma for like, like forty years. Forty years, and that's the life he wants to return to. Like we get more information about him, but also in a confusing way where I'm like, why'd you leave your wife? You know, yeah. like I feel like. It's it toes this line between being silly about the aliens and the job they have to do mm-hmm. and how they how you know in the opening scene we see how he kind of handles or when we first meet Tommy Lee Jones we see how he kind of handles aliens with this like you know casual rapport that he has mm-hmm. and it's kind of a silly broader alien sci-fi comedy world but it's like the emotion isn't always there to drive it Mm -hmm. and the characters and that feels very kind of heavy to leave your wife for 40 years and also we don't know really what the stakes of of letting aliens run around like we know the stakes i guess but they don't really give that much gravity either Mm -hmm. of like you are the one that will smith you have to join us because if you don't you know, this right. and this and this will happen, and we really need you. Mm-hmm. Which would propel somebody to join, I would assume, but we don't really get a lot of that. And so it's kind of like, well, why did he leave his wife? Mm-hmm. You know, why would Will Smith leave his whole world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, some some odd choices there. Uh, I don't remember the third one exactly because I, I only saw it when it came out in theaters. But what I remember really working in that one is it's a time travel um, story about Will Smith interacting with the younger version of the Tommy Lee Jones character. Mm-hmm. And by that point, it works because you're three movies in. Right. And it's also, it's Josh Brolin doing like a really good Tommy Lee Jones impression. Mm-hmm so there's a lot more for you to kind of chew on character mm-hmm. wise there because because we at least have the character history of them in the two first two movies together right to go off of 
but in this first one we just don't really have have that much and i feel like that's kind of what's lacking in the buddy comedy dynamic too because mm-hmm. it's like okay well tommy lee jones he's the straight serious guy but also not always not always because he's kind of sometimes casual about stuff that's yeah happening. he's not full full straight faced um right. by the book he's just sort of like really good at his job <laughs> right whereas will smith is also good but his thing is that he's learning mm-hmm. which isn't those two things aren't necessarily compelling in a dynamic mm-hmm. like as we're talking i think i'm thinking a lot and comparing it a lot to the heat mm-hmm. um, which maybe we'll do sometime but a sandra bullock melissa mccarthy buddy cop mm-hmm. movie where you know we know sandra bullock has no friends her whole life is her work Mm -hmm. her goal is to get this big promotion at the fbi Mm -hmm. um on the other hand melissa mccarthy this boston cop who uh is good at her job but is very unruly unpredictable doesn't do anything by the book so that Mm -hmm. combination you know lots of area you know lots of areas for comedy lots Mm -hmm. to you know, high stakes for both of them. Melissa McCarthy might lose her job. She doesn't start doing things by the book. Melissa McCarthy's unpredictability could cost Sandra Bullock her her prize yeah. promotion. You know, so the stakes are tied in, the emotions there, the character developments there, lots of comedy too. Whereas this one, not knowing anything about them, mm-hmm. it's like I don't know what the stakes are other than the ex- external stakes of aliens destroying the earth Mm -hmm. which we you know inherently as movie viewers know isn't gonna happen in a blockbuster unless it's a setup for the sequel where they reconstruct the earth after it's been blown up yeah um yeah that's a good point i do think there that a movie like this would benefit from being somewhere in between Mm -hmm. because i think if you go full sort of vegan dippled in a movie like like this the character stuff would be way too obvious yeah in a way that would be kind of like uh, okay why are you why are you still like talking about your personal thing when when this is on the line but but yeah you you could could go even 20 percent further into that direction yeah and i think you'd maybe have a look something a little more special for the characters well i think just because the fact that they have to leave everything behind mm-hmm. they have to completely erase themselves from the world is really interesting and not something that is inherently tied into buddy cop mm-hmm. movies because buddy cop movies mm-hmm. you can go to your fan you know you're just a cop you can go into the world and cause yeah. chaos but mm-hmm. like in this particular buddy cop movie having to completely give up your life is such an interesting concept Mm -hmm. that i'm surprised it's not something they did more with it's Mm -hmm. kind of it's not feels like it's almost like a throwaway like Mm -hmm. oh and by the way like you're gonna have to yeah you're gonna have to cut yourself off from everything and everybody Mm -hmm. you've ever known right cool great see you tomorrow (laughs) i do think they they do more with that in three but again that's 15 years after this one so clearly Mm -hmm. there's not necessarily an intention to do that right also with a different writer right and i'm yeah and i feel like like i said earlier like maybe just 
dropping us in into the world then and mm. like we pick up little things about them along the way that piques our interest about them as characters mm-hmm. and maybe seeing them will smith getting into the world is it leaves too many things unanswered yeah or if or if you delay the choice and mm-hmm. make it more like a more like training day mm. where for the whole movie he still has he's battling with whether to fully commit to this world mm-hmm. or what he's leaving behind mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know ultimately it's a movie that i could pick apart all day but i'm <laughs> but i also think you got cool aliens you got big guns that shoot like goop <laughs> you have frank the pug yeah i that is an iconic character i do remember that as a kid yeah. being like that movie has a dog that talks mm-hmm. and will smith is in it <laughs> it's it's true ultimately it's one of the one of the few movies that i'm probably rarely if ever going to rewatch. But I can just watch it and just to see, oh, I get why this is iconic, even if mm. it's not a very funny comedy. And right. it's even knowing the Golden Globes kind of shocking, it got a comedy nomination. Anything can get a Golden Globes comedy nomination. That's true. Um, not to razz this movie, because there are some very funny parts. Like we were saying the sequence where will smith takes the test Mm -hmm. is very very funny Mm -hmm. especially when he's when they're all trying to write Mm -hmm. with these in these like egg chairs and they're all trying to take this math test but everyone's pencils break and they can't hold the papers to write things down it's that part it's it's very funny and like his reasonings for shooting the little girl in mm-hmm. the test but not any of the aliens is very funny mm-hmm. um yeah i mean there are a lot there are good jokes throughout and i can see um i can see it as as like the first step in mm-hmm. maybe now there's too much comedy in a lot of these action yeah, movies too absolutely. much forced comedy so mm-hmm. maybe it's it's better to have this movie where it's that when the jokes hit they are actually really good jokes mm-hmm rather than forcing a lot of jokes into an action movie now. Yeah, I think what was slightly weird about this one was it's almost like we were primed to ex- to expect more jokes after the first act of Yeah. like some of Will Smith's bits early on where where he uh, is talking to all of the other potential recruits and and basically asking why are you so excited you have no idea what what we're here for (laughs) yeah is is very funny as a mildly but not annoyingly meta take on these kinds of just sort of bland soldier Mm -hmm. types that yeah i would have wanted a little more of that but i could also see how you do that 50 times and it becomes will smith becomes the joss whedon character who's commenting on everything so slightly smirkily yeah like oh so they are green guys whose heads are shaped like that cool (laughs) the kind of yeah shit that's just so irritating yeah yeah so i don't know i i think you know the comedy i guess works for when it comes when it comes Mm -hmm. it, it does work it's just so few and far between that i 
I was a little surprised that it's a comedy. Mm. Same. Um, did huge boffobio. I can only imagine it. I saw it was Sony's highest grossing movie for like five years until Spider-Man came out. That makes sense. And this movie also kind of pushed Sony to try and get the Spider-Man ball going again. Mm. Um, budget of 90 million. What's your guess on how much it made worldwide in 1997? Quarter of a billion? F- nearly 600, 589 million worldwide. Wow. Which would probably be about a billion now. Yeah. Um, so huge. Three Oscar nominations, including a makeup win for Rick Baker. Mm. Well deserved there. And a GG comedy nom. Mm-hmm. Classic. Um alongside movies like The Tourist that they've nominated for See, anything can get a comedy nominated nomination at the Golden Globes. It's true. You have one joke that either makes you chuckle or mm-hmm. actually laugh, mm-hmm. you're a comedy. I am calling for a complete and total shutdown of the Golden Globes comedy division until we can figure out what's going on. You're you're too too late. They already shut down. Well, for a little bit. They're, they got new owners today. Who are Today? Yeah, who are the same owners. Um, but they're, wind it, they're ending the Hollywood Foreign Press, and they're switching to being a for-profit organization. Oh, so it's for so the best. So it'll be a lot better now. Oh, good, yeah. Um, movie got pretty good reviews from critics. Nothing insane, but a lot of critics just sort of thought of it as one, one of the best blockbusters of the year. Especially mm-hmm. kind of compared to Jurassic Park 2 is not Well, Jurassic not Park good. 2, how can you even compare to Jurassic Park 1? I know. Even, nothing can compare to Jurassic Park 1. Nothing can. And it's honestly shocking Spielberg even came back for for 2. Yeah. Because it's one of his most hands-off, I would say, directorial features. Interesting. Um, I mean, I'm sure he tried. It's just compared to Jurassic Park kind of sucks. Um, but Gene Siskel gave the movie three and a half stars out of four. So wow, there's there's one guy who loves it. And Ebert gave it three out of four. So still, you know, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna argue too much over that one. Mm-mm. No, they no. certainly aren't. <laughs> Anything else you you'd like to say about Men in Black? I had something, but I forgot. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, I think. I think it's all right. Well, if you remember, would you like our listeners to to um, email us? Sure, you can email us at comedy del comedia del cinema at gmail dot com. Uh, I check it, but we only get ads. Mm. So, if you want to write us, that'd be great. Well, hey, speaking of which, where else can people find us? We're on Instagram mostly right now yeah. at comedia del cinema. Uh, follow us there. Uh, you could also become a spo- supporter of our podcast if you go to our Spotify page. Um, we will roll out some fun stuff, uh, starting with sending our supporters a picture of Baxter, our very adorable, almost 14-year-old dog who mm-hmm. is so freaking cute, and he's got this gray little face, and um, he, he just got a haircut, so his hair's growing out a little bit, and it's That's very right. cute. And he's single. <laughs> Ladies, 
He's single. And actually, more likely, gentlemen, he's single. That's right. <laughs> um, next week, we are... La! And if you, if you couldn't already guess, we are finally welcoming those pitches from the Barden Bellas. <laughs> we will be interviewing Becca. <laughs> That's fatty, right. We've got them on the pod. Hard-hitting <laughs> journalism. Um, we're covering... Director and auteur Jason Moore's film, Pitch Perfect. So buckle up, pitches. It's going to be a pitch-filled ride. It's going to be Aka amazing. (laughs) If you think we didn't like Men in Black, wait until you hear us talk about Pitch Perfect. (laughs) That's, That's true. I, yeah. At least there's one consistent comedy uh, performance running through Pitch Perfect. It's so true. We've got that to look forward it's to. It's true. I mean, yeah. Men in Black has several technical categories worthy of Oscar wins. Pitch Perfect has one one funny woman being <laughs> being kind of debased by the film and doing her yeah. best to make it through. <laughs> We're talking, of course, with Rebel Wilson, but we'll get into <laughs> that next, next week. week. Bye. Bye. Bye.